Have you ever wondered how mathematicians and physicists come up with their groundbreaking theories? Or how we use science to solve complex real-world problems? Join my team and I as we explore topics ranging from calculus, paradynamics, biology, chemistry, computer science, and well, just about everything in between. Whether you're a student of math, a curious learner, or simply someone who wants to know more about the beauty of numbers and corrosion, this podcast is for you. We want to extend a special thank you to CSU Channel Island's Dolphin Radio, NASA's Undergraduate Student Research Challenge, and all of the otherworldly mentors which make undergraduate research and this podcast possible. And hey, don't forget to check out our website, crackingmathpodcast.com. So tune in, grab a pencil and paper, and get ready to crack the secrets of math. Welcome to this episode of Cracking the Secrets of Math. We're on season two, believe it or not. Today we have wonderful guests, myself. My name is Trent Ruiz. I have my research advisor, Dr. Cynthia Flores, and two wonderful guests. Patrick's a returning uh, guest with us, Patrick McDonough, and Hidar Amanov. Oh my God, I said this. How do you say your last name? Amanov. Amanov? I did it right. Not bad. Welcome. Welcome, everyone. This is awesome. Welcome, and tell us a little bit about yourselves. Let's start with you, Haydar. Uh, again, my name is Haydar Ramonov. I am a mathematics major here at CSUCI, especially I'm studying pure mathematics. I'm currently a sophomore, and um, I like math. Great. How about you, Patrick? What's going on with you? Um, I'm Patrick McDonough. Uh, I just completed my undergrad here at Channel Islands. Oh, that nice. was in math and computer science. And now I'm a math master student. That's great. Thanks for thanks for being with us today. So, Hadar, I know Trent and I are so anxious to learn about what you've been studying lately. I've mainly been looking into the non-local equations, the three equations, the curl, the divergence, and the gradient. And I've been learning about exterior algebras. And on one of the papers of Gunsberger, he talked about a exterior algebra extension of this theory of non-local operators. And basically, that's all I've been doing. I'm reading about exterior algebras and trying to see if I can extend, do that extension idea he had. Good question. <laughs> Before you answer that, I wanted to say and bring attention to the fact it's really cool that you've brought your interest in pure math into non-local analysis and modeling, and that you uh, picked this subtle point up from Gunsberger's paper. So going back to Patrick's question, how would you define an exterior algebra? And you know, you don't have to define it perfectly, but tell us a little bit about your intuition on it. So my personal definition, I, I don't really, I can't really memorize definitions online or in books. My personal definition is you have a field a field is, you know, a collection of numbers following some rules. And an exterior algebra is basically an extension of that field using something called the wedge product. Um, so the things this brings into the table is, so let's say R3, the real space, right? You have vectors in there. Well, below that you have numbers to begin with. Then you have vectors. Now the question becomes, how can you go above that? 
And that's where the exterior algebra comes into play and the wedge product comes into play. Uh, for example, the wedge product of two vectors would give you something called a bivector, which is a plane, I suppose, with an orientation or a rotation, I suppose. And you can go above this with um, two, I suppose, three vectors. Um, wedge product would give you something called a tree vector, or a tri vector, or if you want to be cool, you could call it a three blade. Um, That's kind of cool. Yeah. It is. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like that word, but you know, it's, a, it's there. And that is basically a, a, a volume element with an orientation or a rotation. And basically, you can go above this, and you can generalize this. And this part of uh, mathematics is really interesting to me. Um, I really like geometry, and I really like talking about space. And uh, uh, seeing Gunsberger's idea on this exterior algebra extension made me really fascinated and made me want to read more about it. And uh, yeah, that, that, that was a definition of like, not a definition, but like an intuitive idea on what the exterior algebra is. That's really cool, Haydar. Uh, and it sounds like in the moments uh, when we first formed this group and we were talking about, um, you know, we were talking about the divergence of the stress tensor and our group started really asking each other, what is a tensor? And you went further and said, what is a form? You know, which are really the building blocks of tensors. Um, I'm going to direct my question to you, Patrick. How, how does do you remember this time in our research group when we talked a lot about the stress tensor, and why was it important? Uh, why was it an important question in the very beginning? Y yes. Um, so the reason we talked a lot about the stress tensor is because it's used in the classical continuum formulation of Newton's second law, and the way it's used. Is not particularly obvious. Um, so the stress tensor looks like a three by three matrix um, with symmetry about the diagonal. Um, but somehow we're told to take the divergence of it. Now that doesn't intuitively make much sense because you're supposed to take divergences of vector fields, but this is a tensor field. So what does that mean? And it turns out that uh, you can think of it as being a vector where the entries are themselves vectors, and then everything works formally. Um, and that gives you the correct predictions about physics. That's really good insight. Yeah. Um, how about you, Trent? How are you doing? Great. Uh, this is my last se semester as a senior, which is kind of wild. And it's particularly wild because of the advancements we've been making on our physical experiments. And so uh, it's really awesome. We were able to get electric potential maps, which uh, was a big milestone. And we're currently in this characterization process of our vibrating probe for SVET. That's and awesome. So that's awesome. And cool that's well. connected to um, all of these topics, right? Because yes. in the end, we're kind of, our, our guiding principle is how do we solve for this paradynamics equation of motion? What is its application? And you've found a really cool way to accelerate corrosion because we're interested in yes. corrosion, damage, and degradation. Um, that's really neat. And I wanted to really congratulate you on your ongoing fundraiser. It seems to be going. Thank really you. Well. Yes. 
Yes, uh, recently actually we had some significant donations. Uh, on Tuesday we had a $375 donation and yesterday we got a notification that we had a $2,500 additional donation. Um, and that was from the Gene Haas Automation. Fantastic! Yes, that's, that's amazing. amazing. <laughs> and it's and it's those things that really uh, allow us to do our research and can and, and and just we're excited about it. With without this funding, we wouldn't be making the progress that we're making. Especially to uh, we uh, are leaving for Socknos in Portland on the twenty fifth of this month, October. That's exciting. Uh, for a presentation we're giving on this very thing, and so uh, to say that we're excited. Um, and maybe a little bit tired uh, might be an understatement, um, but it's the, it's those things and all the support with the donations and stuff that keep us going. And so it's just really Absolutely. awesome. Absolutely, no, the Society of the Advancement of Chicanos and Native Americans uh, is definitely a, a wonderful um, diversity and STEM conference. Now, before we wrap up today's show, thank you all for being uh, here together and sharing this space. Uh, I just wonder, Hadar, Patrick, and Trent. What are your next steps? We could be about research. It could be about school, grad school. Um, what's on your mind? What, what are your next steps? You know, Hader, you talked to us a, a lot about um, exterior algebras. Is there any other topic that's on your mind or something that you're looking forward to? Um, related to this topic, um, not specifically. I am still reading into exterior algebra. It is a big subject. So there's a lot of things to read and catch up to before I can even do like real hard progress. So right now, for this topic specifically, no, it wouldn't be. Uh, it's still exterior algebras, basically, and still reading the per dynamic theory, I suppose, and on like the more applied mathematics side. Um, on top of that, there will be some, uh, next semester there will be some grad classes offered um, specifically in measure theory and algebraic geometry, which I'm really looking forward to taking. And on, in my free time, I'd like to read about homology theory and facing what it's about because I haven't really, I've seen the hype around it, but I've never really seen anyone talk about it um, like next to me, I suppose. So yeah, those would be the future topics I'm looking forward to reading and studying about. I'm excited for you because you're, you're doing a lot of foundation work in forms and I think it will help you in your uh, journey in studying homology and cohomology. So I'm excited to learn more about that when and maybe we can have you back on Cracking Secrets of Math to hear about your progress. Uh, what about you, Patrick? Uh, so next semester, I will be taking measure theory. And one of the other research things I'm interested in is a measure theoretic formalization of constrained random choice for the purposes of economics. Um, it, turns, it turns out that uh, agents making random decisions constrained by a budget actually behave remarkably similarly to agents making rational decisions where rational is meant in the technical economic sense. And I've proved some results about that. Uh, I had a summer fellowship for that, and I plan to uh, get another one this coming summer and hopefully uh, expand that into more future research. That sounds really cool, especially, I, I mean, I don't know a lot about economics, but I imagine your now um, accumulated experience in non-local theory and integral operators can only help you um, in, your, in, your, in your new paths. That's really exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, they are very related. Um, they're, they're two 
kind of opposite ends of the application spectrum, but mathematically very related applications of, of non-local operators, like you said. Very cool. How about you, Trent? Uh, so I think that especially with, and, and I kind of mentioned this earlier, with our experimentations, one thing that we're really looking forward to is that final characterization of the uh, array that we're using to take our measurements. It is conference season, and so right now it is very much balancing, you know, going to uh, Portland for our poster presentation um, and then coming back and obviously dealing with some school as well. So definitely over the next few weeks, we're going to have that uh, characteriz characterization component. Well, you've been very busy. I you. The NASA funding, for example, you've bought a bunch of equipment. Um, do yes, you want to tell yes. us a little bit about that? Yes. So uh, one of the uh, exciting things that we've acquired was um, a data acquisition device uh, from uh, National Instruments. And what this does is we're picking up uh, very tiny voltages that are coming off of a corroding metal. Or if we're um, uh, mapping a dipole, for instance, we're pumping uh, a voltage through this electrolytic cell. But we need to be able to record these very tiny voltages um, into a device that then we can put in a MATLAB. And it is this data acquisition device that allows us to do it. Um, it takes samples at 100,000 times a second. So every time we take a data measurement, we're taking 100,000 samples. And so that was a very exciting thing that we got recently. Um, we also uh, had some workstations that were donated to us, which allows us to continue our simulation work while we're waiting for the procurement of our other workstations. Mm -hmm. Our work is very computational in nature. And uh, the thing that we did realize is that, you know, our limitations right now are current computing power, but we're, we're working on that. And it's, and it's going to get uh, quicker and better, and we're already doing that, so that's super exciting. Um, and so, and then a couple of things, we got some cameras because not only do we have to measure, uh, you know, optically what happens in our, in our corroding metal, we tend to have insight early on mm -hmm. with our uh, current density maps and electric potential maps as to what's going on and where corrosion is most likely to occur. And then we start seeing that happen after the fact. So we really have to make sure we're visually seeing what our maps are telling us that we should be seeing. Um, and then we also hand make our electrodes, which is immensely difficult. I wear glasses, and I'm not the best seeing person in this room. Uh, don't let them fool you. And uh, so we need uh, we need a camera basically that has a macro lens on it that allows us to see our solder points. Uh, Patrick, actually, we were uh, working on Zoom the other night, and I was showing him some of the soldering, and. Uh, yeah, he was. Yes, I think he was disappointed that the video wasn't for his pleasure, and it was just because I couldn't <laughs> see. Um, and so that was maybe that maybe took him down a little bit. But yes, it, it's very neat. We're very excited. It did seem like overkill just to show me something. Yes, it would have been overkill, but I'm not beyond doing that. So it's well with. <laughs> it's wonderful. Yes, we're very excited. So good things are coming, and uh, we made a lot of progress. Uh, over the last couple months, I mean, we picked up a lot of momentum and a lot of good things are happening. And especially over the next uh, few weeks, I think that we're really going to see some uh, more actualization of some of these connections between our physical experiment and our simulation uh, that Patrick is working on. And, and Isaac, too, he's doing some AR work that's pretty incredible. Awesome. Well, we'll have to get him back on, on your show. Yes, absolutely. 
Thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Cracking the Secrets of Math. We want to extend a special thank you to NASA's Undergraduate Student Research Challenge, Project Ayudas for supporting us and our entire donating community. It is you guys that make what we do possible. Stay tuned. We have a whole bunch of exciting episodes that are going to be posted. We do our best to do it weekly, but you know, we get busy. So sometimes it maybe will be a week and a half or two weeks. Uh, thank you again. And this is Cracking the Secrets of Math.